welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ember Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And today on the show, we're talking about dollar cost averaging. Dollar cost averaging, which is a strategy that you would use where you split your investments over several years as opposed to investing in a whole heap of properties all at once. So what I mean by that is say you had the ability to invest in three properties right now. Instead of doing that and pulling the trigger today, you buy one this year, one next year, say, and one in year three, the year after that. And the reason that you would use a strategy like this, and it's more common admittedly in KiwiSaver or shares, uh, the reason you'd do this is in the, the instance that there was a market downturn. So you don't necessarily know what's going to happen to the market this year or next year or the year after that. So instead of trying to time your all, invest, all of your investments at once, you spread them out over time to try and spread that risk of a market downturn. So what we're going to do in today's episode is share an example of how this actually works and some of the pros and cons that we see because at Opus we, we work with some investors who will buy three or four properties all at once which would actually go against the strategy. So we'll give kind of a fair analysis of when's the right time to use it and when's the wrong time to use it. So let's just walk through an example so you kind of get what I mean. So let's say that you've got the ability this year, you've got the ability this year to purchase three properties all with 500k, so $1.5 million in total. Well, let's say you do that and then the market declines by 10%. So now you're 150k down because your three properties are now worth 450k and if you borrowed at 100% in order to be able to purchase those, you paid $1.5 million and now they're collectively worth $1.35 million. So you're down that 150k. Well, what if instead of doing that, you bought one property this year, 500k, market declines by 10%, so down to, you buy another one at 450K, so you're down only 50K instead of the 150K you were otherwise down on. And then let's say the market, let's say the market appreciates up to 550K for each of these houses and you buy another one again. Well, actually, in both scenarios, you're up 150K. In the first scenario, you've got three houses, you bought them for 500, now they're all worth 550K. So you've got three lots of an extra 50K worth of equity you've got. The alternative, if you use the dollar cost averaging, is on one property, you made 50K, on another property, you made 100K, and on the other one, you didn't make anything at all. So in essence, as long as the market movements are roughly the same, then you shouldn't come out any any better or worse in the, in the short term if the numbers kind of work like we've described here. But what you've done is you've spread your risk because you don't necessarily know that the market's going to appreciate as we did in this scenario and go from 450 up to 550. So it's just a good way to spread out that risk. Um, but Andrew, what are, what are some of the, obviously the positives of this is that you can spread your risk and you don't know how the market's going to perform. But but what's the other side of the strategy? So, so uh, the, the major negative is that you've got less time in the market um, and so you don't you don't have the time for you know the, your length of time in the market is what's really important it's not about your timing into the market it's about your time in the market we say time and time again uh, to use time every time uh, we possibly can in that sentence uh, and I think a few considerations that I've made when, when we're thinking about this is how long do you actually have so if you've got 20 years to retirement that's where plant mapping this kind of strategy out over a longer period is something that we would typically do with investors. So we look at 
the longest length of time that you have to make your property purchases to still get to where you want to be. And so uh, using some of the software that we've got that we use with investors, we might say, okay, well, you know, you need five properties and you can do that over 10 years, which is great when someone's got 20 years to invest. If someone only has 10 years, they need to get started yesterday. And so that's where that might not work quite the same. And one thing that always jumps into my mind when we talk about a market decline is firstly, have we really seen a 10% decrease ever in the property market in New Zealand? I don't I don't think we've seen that kind of drastic, um, certainly not in the last 30 years. I mean, apart from, you know, a certain areas like West Coast where, where they've been hit harder by, by particular industries. But we haven't seen that kind of national decrease uh, in the 30 years that, that I can think of. And if we did, do you think you'll be able to get the money? So if the bank is going to give you the money to borrow three properties now, you're going to feel really stupid if you buy one property now and then next year, after a 10% market drop because of COVID, say, uh, you can't get the money to buy your second property and that defers that uh, purchase for another, say, three years until banking becomes more normal, then you've missed out on a long time of owning that property. And I think that's a major disadvantage. I'm, in my mind, I think this strategy, uh, the dollar cost averaging, probably works better for younger investors who are in a more precarious equity position. As you said, not not only do young people like you and I, Andrew, who have got another thirty years, Thank you, Ed. you know, thirty years left in the market before retirement, we can do this because an extra year, you know, might be neither here nor there. But if you've only got ten years left in the market before retirement, then you need to make you need at that time in the market uh, or as much of it as possible. And similarly than that, if you're a bit older, say you're you're fifty five and therefore ten years away from re- retirement in that case, uh, you're probably in a much stronger equity position than a, than a relatively younger person would be. And the reason that's important is that if you did buy three properties, borrowed at a hundred percent and then the market took a dip, then the banks are gonna might take another look at you. Well, if you're in a really strong equity position because you're 55 and have been in the market already for 40 years, well, not 40 years, but, you know, 20, 30 years, then you're probably able to weather that storm. Whereas a younger person who hasn't had that time in the market uh, might not be able to. They might have more questions asked uh, to, to them by the banks in that situation. And I think the really important thing to remember is we, no one knows what the market is going to do tomorrow. We look at stats all the time and we try and predict what may happen, but nobody knows. We we could have a September 11 type event of event which changes the market overnight with something completely out of our control. So you need to work with the times that you are in control. And if the bank will give you the money now, I think we, we spoke about Liz Harris the other day and she had a really good quote which was something along the lines of if the bank will give you the money, then spend it. Basically get in there and do it because you only ever regret the deals that you don't do if you're doing it for a long term. And so I think it's really important that if the bank, uh, I, I just thinking about one of my clients I'm working with, at the moment who's older, um, he he's looking at deciding whether or not to add one or two properties to his portfolio. We're working through the process of doing due diligence on two right now because I do think this might be the last year that he might be able to get finance because he's coming closer and closer to retirement. Now, as we said at the start, this is a risk mitigation strategy. It is about spreading your risk. And by doing that and foregoing time in the market, you are you are paying a premium for that. And what I mean is that if we do take the assumption that houses appreciate at, say, 5% a year, and we realise that they don't necessarily do that every year in a straight line, but if we walk down that line, just as an example, the first year you buy that 500k property, it's going to be 500k. 
If it goes up by 5%, the next year it's 525, and then it goes up again the next year by 5%, that's up to about 551. Now, if you just take that example and you, you invested the first year, bought one house, the second, se- you know, next year you buy another one and the year after the same thing, then you're foregoing $76,250 worth of potential premium if you were to follow that 5% growth model. And I realize that that is a forecast rather than something that would actually happen. But if you take that, the the premium that you are essentially foregoing that time of the market by not investing today is $76,000. Now, that is your if you do take a dollar cost averaging strategy, then that's that's the premium you're potentially paying by by having that that risk minimized in that situation. And you've just got to decide for yourself. Well, Am I going to forgo that time in the market in order to have that additional safety? Because this sort of strategy does give you some safety if you've got that time and the ability to forgo that time in the market. It's a large insurance premium, if you ask me. Well, I mean, I do take, I do understand that you're not actually. It's not necessarily going to be seventy six thousand dollars two hundred. You know, seventy six two. You know what I mean? Seventy six thousand two hundred fifty dollars, because it's not straight straight line. Um, but you've got to you've got to do these calculations so that you're able to say, well, am I willing to pay that premium? Because you don't, as we've said. Uh, frequently within this episode, you don't know what's going to happen, but that would be the straight line forecast if you were to uh, uh, look at what we would usually consider a relatively conservative growth rate. And even if I look at some of the the increases to median house price over the last 12 months, there are some regions that have increased by 14% or 12%, you know, which is significant amounts of money to forego uh, by, by using a strategy like this. But as we said, probably works better for younger people who have a lot of time left in the market, potentially not if you've left things a little late uh, and and potentially can't afford to forgo some time in the market to use this, Uh, but potentially good, especially when there's times of market volatility. And I think the last thing I want to say is when you're developing a plan or what we would develop uh, a plan with our clients is always look at the the minimum number of properties and the maximum amount of timeframe, but do it as quickly as you can. And you might also ask, you know, because we've probably be now in the latter half of this episode talked about the negatives to the dollar cost averaging strategy, you'd say, well, why would anybody do this? And a really good example is anybody who's investing in KiwiSaver, no matter what happens to the market, you're still investing time and time again. You're not trying to time the market, you're just purchasing um, or, or contributing to that that fund whenever you're a bit, uh, you've got that ability to, which is every time you've got paid in this situation. So we're all using the dollar cost averaging strategy anyway. It's just about thinking about applying it to property. And we thought that because it's often talked about specifically in uh, periods of economic downturn, uh, that we'd talk about it now and apply it to property. So if you are a bit nervous, you don't necessarily have to invest up to your maximum ability to. Uh, within this current market, you could use a strategy like this. But similarly, if you've got a, a, a short time left in the market, then you might just uh, invest up to your maximum ability now because it's more important to have that time in the market. But anyway, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the show. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, then why not check out our No Money Worries email course. This is where we've collated our top nine lessons in property investment and have even set you a bit of homework so that you can just think more in depth about how your strategy might change in the future. We're going to link that in the show notes or also go to opuspartners.co.nz slash nomoneywarries. Andrew. And for a a fun drinking game, listen to this again and have a shot every time we say the word time.
Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market.